Hello, I'm author and psychologist Dr. Deborah Campbell. Welcome to the Couch Podcast. Each episode, we talk about building self knowledge, mental health, and inner strength. And I answer questions about dealing with life's challenges. So if you have a question you'd like to ask, you can email it to me at Deborah at schooloflove.com.au and that's also in the show notes. Today I'm going to talk about a really pesky and very common issue. It's self-criticism and unhelpful thoughts. When I'm writing can be a vulnerable time of self-critical thoughts presenting themselves to me. And I think this is really common with anyone who's in a creative process, as well as everyone just going through their daily life. There's something about the creative process that tends to make self-criticism even closer to the surface, wanting to get your message out, wanting to get your thoughts out, but sometimes feeling like you're just not finding the way, getting blocked. Some days can be very frustrating with little progress and I've come to know those days of staring at the wall or scrolling feeds between cup of teas. It's part of the journey. You know, I try to economize on time and get going on the word count, but it just takes what it takes. And there's no hurrying the good stuff when you're in a creative process. Your, your brain sometimes needs to dawdle, to defrag, to process background stuff to get your message coming out straight and clear when it all uh, starts to hang together. Those days though, when I'm struggling to get the message clear and find my way through the words, can be when looping, repetitive, unhelpful thoughts and self-criticisms can start to slip through. And they can be generalised things that hit all of us at times, like I'm a time waster or I don't have anything useful to say or I don't know enough, I'm not good enough. I, I'm not good enough at this because of this or that. And these thoughts are always hurtful, generally unfounded in anything real and can be way too vague to be helpful. You know, there's, there's nothing in those to really grab and build upon. They're kind of just put-downs that don't do anything useful. So they're quite redundant. And the fact that I don't believe in these thoughts, it's been a long time since I uh, was feeling quite lost and was a victim to these thoughts, probably 20, 30 years ago. Uh, despite that, they all still come back and have a go. They kind of invite you to feel like you felt then when you believed in them and, and to feel like nothing's changed, that you're still hopeless and clueless and, uh, and uh, very small. And that's a clue with them that they often come from long, long ago. The reality is that things change. And even if they felt true then, they don't have to keep feeling true now.
Why do self-critical and unhelpful thoughts come up habitually for so many people? Well, sometimes they're ghosts of childhood hurts, they're ancient criticisms, wrong assumptions, that if something isn't working, it must be our fault, our responsibility. That's a very childlike response to when things are going wrong, to think everything is your fault. And that's partly to protect others, and it's partly because when you're a kid, you can't think outside yourself. You're in this space that's very egocentric, that's very about you. So you tend to blame yourself or see a direct relationship between yourself and anything that's happening around you, whether it's factual or not. Part of growing up is realising that the world is not actually all about us. But I think in a perverse way, these unhelpful or self-critical thoughts stay with us with this misguided sort of idea that they're helping us or coaching us. Maybe they're kind of tough love that some part of our our self unconsciously thinks is going to get a better result by kind of torturing ourselves with them and um, you know hitting us over the head with these you're not good enough thoughts until suddenly we we do better but unfortunately this kind of criticism doesn't tend to make people do better it tends to make us angry or feel hopeless and like there's nothing we can ever do to get a different response to get a different uh, judgment or opinion that we're just never good enough so while these thoughts perhaps were once warriors bred to defend us and try to coach us to do better or protect others by making us responsible they have turned against us they've become a bit twisted and tend to make us annoyed unhappy with ourselves or feel hopeless and in the corner and wanting to give up because they just don't change. Unhelpful, self-critical cascades of thoughts and the feeling that go with them, the feelings they evoke and feed back into, play a big part in anxiety and depression and all kinds of low and unhelpful mood. And it's such a pity because often the thoughts feeding these things are redundant and untrue, but they have become habitual. They've become a bit ingrained. And it's, it sort of reminds me of the idea of this, this rusty old alarm sensor in the corner of the room. And it's not used anymore. It's not needed but it, a spider will crawl across it, it, it from time to time and it'll go off and set off this cascade in us um, even though there's nothing actually wrong. We're not, um, we're not all the things that our thoughts accuse us of but this, uh, this redundant system is in there. Unhelpful thoughts and moods happen to everyone sometimes. The key to getting over them is learning to see right through them and to be able to have a different relationship with them, not to try to block them out. If they've been habitual for a long time, 
like they have been with myself, you know, even if you don't believe in them, even if you work effectively with them these days, as I do tend to in myself, they still come and say hi when you're tired or vulnerable. So cultivating a different relationship to them is key. And the first step is becoming aware of them, becoming mindful of them, because then they don't have this automatic power over you. You see through them. You see them for what they are. So you can start today. You can start today by setting aside a few minutes to sit and observe your thoughts and sensations in your body, feelings. Observe what goes on in you. It's simple, but it can be quite challenging if you've never done it before. So give yourself a set amount of time. And when your mind wanders off onto this or that or analyzing a thought or dreaming about something or you've, you've gone off and you think you're on a tangent thinking about this or that, just label what you're doing and come back again and just watch. It might help you to focus on your breath and then just notice, ah, there goes a memory. Label it. Oh, there's a feeling of anxiety. Oh, there's a feeling of annoyance, agitation. Oh, there's a feeling of boredom. I'm tired of doing this. Oh, there's a memory coming up. Oh, there's an anxiety about tomorrow. Just notice. Notice how your body feels. Notice the thoughts and feelings rising and falling. Even if you do this for five minutes, you're starting to develop a different relationship to your inner world, to your thoughts, so that rather than seeing them as this, this not negotiable situation that you just have to dive into and follow and be a servant to, you're starting to see them as these things that occur in your inner world that you can watch and you can be discerning about. You can name and you can know are not you. You are not your thoughts. Now this realization in itself starts to set you up for a different relationship for them where you are more empowered. So try the exercise of watching your thoughts, watching when you wander off on, on a particular one without believing in them willy-nilly. Know that you are the one that can see them and hear them and notice them and label them and ultimately decide how much energy and attention you wish to give a particular thought. Because you can choose to become aware of your inner world and see what arises there without following and buying into everything that pops into your mind. And this is a key to greater mental health. And it's something you can do and practice any time to start to change that relationship to your thoughts. And I have more support for you around this in the uh, show notes. Have a look because I've got some mindfulness resources listed there, including a free online course put together by leading teachers, not myself, but a group of leading teachers have contributed to teaching you how to 
form a different relationship to your thoughts and uh, become more mindful in everyday life. So take a look at the show notes. A great metaphor I want to finish this podcast with is to imagine that your thoughts are like cars that pass you by as you stand at the edge of a very busy road because your mind probably is pretty busy. Watch the cars go past. Imagine that, watching them go past. You don't chase them or run into the traffic. So why would you do that with your thoughts? As you watch them, stay at the side of the road, stay peaceful, stay grounded, and just watch them for a while, noting each one and knowing that those cars aren't you. Your thoughts are like the cars. So you can learn to treat self-critical and unhelpful thoughts like those cars and let them go by without needing to tangle with them. If you'd like to learn more, as I say, check out the resources on the show notes page and please grab a copy of my book Lovelands in good bookstores on Amazon or Audible to take you deeper into this and other ideas to help with greater well-being and mental health. I should note that on Amazon at the moment, Lovelands is part of a Kindle Unlimited promotion. So if you are a Kindle Unlimited member, you can download a copy of Lovelands on Kindle completely free. So if you have a question, send it on in to me. I'd be happy to have a go at answering it. I'm Dr. Deborah Campbell. And I'll see you next time on the couch.